Wildcat Country, your daily Kentucky podcast from SEC Country. I'm your host, Curtis Burst, joined today by Joe Masato in studio. Joe. Hello. We got a rare occurrence where we got to view football practice for the University of Kentucky this morning. It's not often that we do such a thing. They made us work for it, though. Practice started at 7.30, and that's, so that's when we had to get there. Thankfully indoors at first. Yeah, it would have been really cold if it wasn't. Then they moved to the stadium after that. We're going to get to every, all of our observations and then maybe make some predictions based off nothing. At least I will. Joe's uncomfortable holding those things, but I don't care. Um, we'll see. But we'll start with basketball. Obviously, everybody's still waiting on decisions from Kevin Knox, Hamadou Diallo, Jared Vanderbilt. Who am I missing? Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Latest from Kyle. Tucker, who writes for SCCCountry.com, I think you know him, is he talked to Kevin Knox Sr. and Kevin Knox II, since that's what it says on his jersey, is back in Tampa, and they're having another family discussion to make the final decision. Final decision will come in 24 to 36 hours, and that was at 4.30 on Thursday. So you're looking at between 4.30 and 4.30 a.m., I don't think on it's going to Saturday come morning. I hope it comes at 2 a.m. Saturday. I hope everyone gets a notification at 2 a.m. on Saturday. That's my that's my goal. That's my hope. Maybe so. I mean, <clears throat> in the story it says that Kevin Knox Sr. tried to convince Kevin to do his initial commitment announcement on ESPN, but Kevin didn't want to do that. Uh, he kind of wanted to go under the radar, so he just tweeted it. So maybe he'll tweet something in the dead of night. And everyone will wake up to a big surprise. I mean, whatever. Well, I'll put it this way: if um, Knox comes back, Calipari, wherever he is, has to do another hoverboard video, right? You remember that one? Yeah. What was that for, though? That was for oh, Knox's was commitment. Knox. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he couldn't obviously officially com- comment on it, but the the video yeah. came out right after that. Yeah, that would like bookend Kevin Knox's two major Kentucky decisions. And then if they win a national championship, someone needs to have a hoverboard ready and Calipari can go from one end and cut down the nets. He'll just circle around <laughs> <Yes>. Kevin Knox. <laughs> with with like the streamers getting caught in yeah. the wheels and then then it'll get caught and Calipari will go face first into the into the hardwood. That'd be that would hey, I think everyone would be okay with that, Calipari included. If he was cutting down some nets. Um, so, also, Hamadou Diallo, he mentioned, uh, Kyle talked to his high school coach. Not a ton update. I mean, Kyle mentioned it last night in the post today, read a little bit more about it. He basically thinks that probably Diallo will go on the local show that I do here in Lexington. We talked to Mike Pratt of the UK Network, and he said his kind of feeling was that Diallo would go as well. You know, Joe, you do the projections. He's projected a late first, second, late first at best, second rounder, probably just, and he's probably will get drafted just based off of his athleticism and all his measurables. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Diallo's thing is he was so close to leaving last year that it was almost, I, I think everyone sort of entered this year as a foregone conclusion that this would probably yeah. be his last year. And, uh, barring a big surprise, that that is likely going to be it. 
Um, the mock drafts are kind of weird on him. So he did well for himself um, in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think we all talked about that at length, that he seemed to try a lot harder on defense, um, kind of reached that potential that we thought he could on defense, and then, you know, didn't blow anyway didn't blow anyone away on offense, but made the smart decision. So um, mock draft at as high as 19 overall, which would be a big Whoa. surprise. Um, but then 35, 37, 39, 43, 47, and 60. So basically any time during the second round, um, all it takes is one team to really like you and to, to jump on you early. So so we'll see. On I mean, I mean it, it'd be – a shock if he was a first-round pick. It'd be a shock if he wasn't drafted, so probably in the second round. Yep, and that's probably all he needs, considering you know how close he came last season. He's probably ready to go and pursue his professional career, much like Isaiah Briscoe, um, and at least Diallo will probably be on an NBA roster, and someone in the NBA will have invested in a pick in him, even if it is a second round. Um, any other basketball news you want to break, Joe? Do you have any sources on anybody? <laughs> This would be the place to break it. No, I, I do not have anything. We're just, uh, I guess, wait and see mode, right? Um, the only update I have is that I think Brad Calipari will return. He will. That Whoa. Well, I'm not breaking that news. Yeah, settle but, down, uh, Joe. Very likely. Didn't show up on the mock drafts. No, yet. <laughs> All right, yet. Let's, let's get into football. I think we learned. I don't know if we learned a lot, but we... Well, we learned a lot, but I don't know how much will be relevant once the actual season starts. Obviously, big news, biggest news, and Joe and I, you touched on this after the on the last podcast we were together. Jordan Jones, that sling that we described that he was taking on and off, apparently he actually needed it, Joe. Yeah, he's, he's having sh- shoulder surgery. It sounded like that might have been today, and he's going to miss... Um, a few months. I mean, they, they, Mark Stoops expects to have him. He said it could last until August, which would be kind of pushing the, the start of the season, definitely the start of fall camp. It's a different, if you remember, he missed four games last year because of a shoulder injury. Um, and, uh, it's a different injury. I, I don't know if it's the same shoulder or not, but, but doesn't seem to be a related injury. And this just leaves them extremely thin at inside linebacker. But I guess the good news is if there is good news for Kentucky is that the season's still five months away yeah so uh we'll just take it down the inside linebacker path here when when you looked at that group it was Cash Daniel the only player who had ever played a game an actual college football game right the other guy running with the ones was Square who still should be he should probably right right now looking at prom outfits but he enrolled early so now he's kind of thrust into that role. And then everyone else, and you can correct me. Well, I'll correct myself real quick. The only other linebackers there that were running in that position group were walk-ons. But Darius West moved up in situationals into that linebacker spot. So they are very, very thin at inside linebacker. Yeah, they've got like no one left. I mean, Courtney Love graduates. Eli Brown transfers. Jamin Davis gets hurt. Jordan Jones gets hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just totally depleted. Cash Daniel is kind of the mainstay right now, is is the only healthy one at middle linebacker to be Courtney Love's replacement. But you look at that weak side spot, and like you said, you've got DeAndre Square, who's an early enrollee, and you've got Darius West, who hasn't played linebacker since high school. Um, so I, I'd be really surprised if West played linebacker during the actual season, 
But they are a lot deeper at safety than they are at linebacker, and he said it's a position he's always liked, so maybe they experiment with that well, a little bit. Yeah, and I, th- I don't think it would be like true linebacker, in my opinion. It'd be like a... It'd almost be like a three-three-five defense, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. it's it's obviously like they run nickel a ton anyway, so I think he would kind of just be in that position. And I don't know how they'd end up, or or with, a fill in if they just don't get healthy. Yeah, yeah, and they just move him up in situations. Um, the other positions that are really thin at, <laughs> every, well, actually every, everywhere. <laughs> I'll just uh, th- there's there's being thin at positions, and then there's position groups that don't have scholarship players, and that position group is the tight end. Yeah, that's the position group where I was like, okay, uh, 36, who's this? And I'm checking my rosters. I'm going through the tight end group. Um, and it's a linebacker. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's a li- it's a former linebacker. It's a, um, They've got a couple walk-ons. I think Will Roden is, is a wo- local walk-on that, that Vince Maros talked about. I, I don't know if these guys have a legitimate chance to play, especially once um, – I would, These heralded uh, yeah, freshmen arrive, Keaton Upshaw, Brendan Bates to go along with if Justin Rigg does return, and uh, I mean CJ Conrad is projected to be healthy, so might not need him. But right now, it's just crazy when you look like if you come to the spree game, watch the tight end group, and kudos to anybody that can reel Damn. off their names. Yeah, and it's going to be funny because in theory, that position group could go from zero to. Do we have too many tight ends as soon as uh, summer camp <laughs> starts yeah. if those guys are healthy enough to play and the freshmen are what they've been talked about? Because, I mean, Vince Marrow loves to talk up recruits. He does that with almost all of them, but he, he's specifically excited about the two guys that you just mentioned coming in, probably in part because they are his position group. Um, but I do think they actually are talented. I mean, when you just look at the ratings and things, they seem to have everything you would want if you were building a tight end from scratch. Yeah, and one's like six. I think Bates is six six. Upshaw six seven. So big, big time targets, and um, they'll have a good guy to learn under in Conrad. So I, I think the position will ultimately be okay if Conrad and Rig are healthy. Um, but I think they are. It, it is a little bit of a concern if they're going to have to rely on those freshmen too much. I would expect at least one of them to to redshirt. Yeah. Um, the other position group that is thin, that is extremely thin is wide receiver. There were, I mean, you know, they have enough to have a ones if they go, um, but after that they get a little thin. I think, let's see, the, going off the top of my head, the four guys that played last season that were out there were Richard, Taven Richardson, uh, Josh Ali, Isaiah Epps, and Cleveland Thomas were all out there. Lynn Bowden was not at practice today. Stoops said that he had an appointment. It was nothing... Um, th- that was cause for any concern. Um, he wanted to practice but needed to go to this appointment. Didn't elaborate what the appointment was or anything, but it, he said it's no concern, so he should be back in practice soon. So, uh, but the I thought the those those wide receivers that we saw they did some impressive impressive things. They made some good catches and looked like they belonged out there. Yeah, if you could have Bowden, they probably know what they're going to get from him. And hope, and they're hoping more than he even showed last year. But if you could get one of Epps, Ali, or Thomas to be like a legit number three target, I think behind Richardson and Bowden, they'd be really happy if they could get two of those guys or even all three. Um, they'd be pleased. But those guys are getting a lot of run during spring camp. Um, catch of the day was David Bouvier at the end of practice yes, that was. we saw um, out outside. And I mean, maybe he's uh, 
a guy that can kind of follow like the Charles Walker uh, walk on mold to be kind of a slot receiver where they're where they're sort of thin. So may, maybe he actually gets some playing time. That place they went wild because we were all standing on the offensive side of the field and Bouvier. It was kind of like an over the middle between two guys, like between the secondary and linebacker. And Terry Wilson threw it and you know fit it in the window, but it was still like a one handed kind of going out. You know, stretching, and then he stumble, stumbles into the end zone, and they just all went crazy for him, and it was really entertaining to see. Yeah, it was a great catch. The other touchdown, who caught the other touchdown? It was a pass by Danny Clark, and um, I thought Danny Clark was interesting today. I I thought he was. I think it was one of the uh, tight ends, like the like a walk on. I I I noticed the number that I hadn't seen it. You know. So I can't recall who off the top of my head caught that pass, but he threw a touchdown in the outdoor scrimmage portion of the practice. Yeah, Danny Clark kind of surprised me. Um, I, I thought he was a little better than I anticipated. And again, like you've got to take this with a, a grain of salt because we're seeing one practice in a whole spring camp. So if someone's having a bad day and you hear us say, oh, they didn't play well, well, that doesn't mean they've been playing well or or bad the whole spring, but I thought Clark proved that I thought it was, I, I kind of group two man quarterback competition, Hoke Wilson, next guys would Clark, but part of it's because Walker Wood's been injured, but Clark is clearly ahead of, uh, of Walker Wood right now is that third guy. And I think there's some things there. I mean, he's still really raw. And that was the thing about him coming in is that he could throw the ball through a brick wall, but he doesn't always know where, where it's going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he was he was decent today. And then Terry Wilson and Gunnar Hoke, I don't know what you saw, but I mean, I I couldn't separate them that much. I mean, I don't think uh-huh. we saw enough to where it's like, oh, this guy's better. I mean, I think you can probably see when they roll out that maybe Terry looks a little more comfortable. Um, Gunnar Hoke actually took most of the first team reps on the indoor drills when they went outside. It looked like they were alternating with the first team. So you can't really tell if anyone's ahead in the coach's mind. So those guys, I, I don't know how to separate them at this point. Yeah, I don't think you can. And uh, uh be interesting to see what happens in the spring game. But uh, I, I'm with you. They they still seem neck and neck uh, to to my eye. And um, I think that, you know, we, we talked about how we didn't know what the quarterback was. I think that that position group might be okay. They seem like they'll be able to piece it together potentially. But, I mean, we haven't. As old uh, Eddie Grand loves to say, we ain't seen them out there when the bullets are flying and the, those kind of deals. So until you get in the game, you don't exactly know what you, what you have. But uh, Mark Stoops, I love Mark Stoops post-open practice because he says the same thing. And, Joe, I know, let's see, what is this? Your, this will be your third? Yeah, this will be my third season. I don't know if you've noticed this, but anytime we get to an open practice, Stoops says the same thing in the media session afterwards. Well, you saw it. <laughs> he loves like any like we see one practice mark <laughs> like what do you mean we we, we saw like 10 seconds of it because that's what it comes like because we'll say we'll be, we'll be asking something and i think the i don't even know who asked it it was really super general it was like what'd you think of the quarterback play and stoops immediately goes well you saw it today just look out there and then he did expand a little bit i'll give him credit um i'm poking fun at him but he was talking about guys making plays like you just talked about bouvier's impressive catch there were a couple of nice catches in the indoor portion of the practice I thought by Epps and Richardson as I said they they look pretty good so uh, you know it's one of those deals 
and obviously when you're playing against your own team, does is this portion, is this side of the ball just bad, or is this side good? I mean, we don't really know. It's tough to compare based off of, you know, just seeing one team. Yeah, definitely tough to compare. I mean, we talked about it in the last podcast, but the defense is ahead, and I don't know. I mean, I think my takeaway is proceed with caution on optimism of the quarterback situation. I'm not saying it, it can't be good, but I'm just saying they're going to start the year is maybe the biggest or one of the biggest question marks at quarterback in the whole conference, and that's not a great place to be in. I, I think the goal is you hope Steven was probably middle of the road, um, kind of, you know, he was, he was a winner, but stat-wise, number-wise, what he could do is probably middle of the road at best in the SEC. I think you're hoping for at least that. And then if you can get that, then the offense um, obviously has Benny Snell in it in a really good offensive line, and then it could produce. Um, or maybe Terry Wilson or Gunnar Hoke could be this exciting guy that, that's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. But right now we know nothing. Speaking of Benny Snell... Did you see his uh, little exchange with Denzel Ware? I did not. You didn't? Oh, didn't. my gosh. Well, I'll explain it to you. So when they broke for something, I don't know, they went and got water, and I kind of start paying attention when that happens because that's when they start goofing off, and I like to see people goof off because it's fun to me, like dancing and stuff, not like being disrespectful necessarily. But anyway, I digress. Um, Benny was like yelling, like kind of like, Trash talking in a joking way. I was a few yards away, so the way I was interpreting it. And it was a after the drill, and it was something to the effect. If that was, he, Benny, I'm kind of like paraphrasing Benny Snell, but he walks over to Ware, and he's like, if that was live, that would have been a touchdown. And Ware, like, you know, chats back, and they're going back and forth a little bit, and they're kind of like jokingly getting into each other. And, uh, you know, then finally they walk off. And so when play resumes, and you, I think you, you, you probably saw this play, um, they get back into live action, and Benny Snell runs a swing pass, and it's thrown out there, and he drops it. And Denzel Ware comes r- sprinting over and immediately goes, I'm in your head. <laughs> <laughs> and then Benny Snell starts doing the push-ups, like the, I think oh, yeah, they I did, did the last year when you drop a pass, you do push-ups as punishment for yourself. And Denzel Ware's sta- standing over him, like not being like super malice or anything but he's like just kind of like ah you talk trash and then you drop that pass like you know and like Matt House came over and like told Denzel where to like get back in the huddle (laughs) like it was it was just a funny moment where those are kind of like exchanging and I I think it kind of shows the competitiveness of those two guys it it was half joking but they both want to win all the drills yeah that's pretty good um my main the the I don't know if I'm right on this at all but Benny looked bigger to me which I don't know I think it's his hair Maybe yeah, maybe it's his hair. It's I'm looking. Not. Last year he's listed at 223. I don't know. I I don't I, I don't know. I mean, if he's trying to be bigger, but man, that that guy is just well, impressive looking. I'll say this, and that can take us into this this thing that I wanted to mention. Josh Allen, um, because uh, we talked to Brad White, the new outside linebackers coach, and he mentioned this as well. And this is maybe what Snell did, and could probably follow up with Eddie Grant at some point if this is true. Uh, but Brad White said that Josh Allen put the weight on in his lower body, and that's why he looked. He, that's why he was he was trying to explain it. and It made sense. That's why he looked bigger, you know, in the pads. Because normally when you're in the pads, you're in your pads, and you know you you can look big. But when you put weight kind of on your lower body, you look bigger 
kind of uh, just when you see it in practice, it makes it a little bit more, uh, catches your eye a little bit more. So maybe that's what's happening with Benny Snow. And hey, he's probably going to need some more strength because he's going to be carrying a heavy load again this year. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Allen, yeah, Allen looks impressive. Brad White had good things to say about him. Um, I'm looking at it now. So versus what he was listed, he was listed at 230 last year, and on this year's roster, he's listed at 252. Um, so yeah, gaining 20 pounds in the off season, um, especially in that lower half. I mean, Brad White talks about helping his explosion and stuff like that. So um, I, I think that was kind of a theme of of the uh, off season was to to get bigger and get in the weight room. I mean, it seems like they're mentioning Corey Edmond almost every practice and, yeah. and the work they put in with him. Yeah, and um, <laughs> the other thing I'll say about Brad White is he was very metaphoric today. He was talking a lot about missing the, the forest for the tree. Wait, how's that saying go? You miss the trees for the forest or you miss the forest for the trees? Yeah, I miss the... Uh... I think you missed the forest for the trees. Look it up. You missed something. But any, what he was getting at was he was basically saying, you know, it's great because he's been praised by Mark Stoop for teaching technique, you know, like intensively. And he says sometimes they get so focused on, you know, the technique that I'm teaching them, they lose sight of the bigger picture. Yeah, uh, yeah you said it. Couldn't see forest for the trees. Yeah. Basically, you're seeing the trees, but you're not seeing the big picture. Yeah, so he, he's basically said that sometimes – the guys are focusing on the little things and not maybe, I don't know, I'm kind of projecting here, but not focusing on their job of, hey, you're supposed to go sack the quarterback or whatever. They're trying to like beat a guy individually or whatever. But overall, he seemed pleased about his position group, and that's going to be, that has to be a strength of this team for their defense to be successful. Definitely, especially when you look at the lack of depth inside. I think they're going to rely a lot on those outside guys, yeah. and those are both proven guys in Warren Allen. Speaking of guys on the inside, how about that D-line? Speaking of big dudes, they were impressive out there, I thought. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got big guys down there. They've, I think that's, that's uh, Mark was asked about that today. He was asked if this was the kind of most confident maybe he's been with his defensive line going into it, and I think he said yes as a whole it is. He talked about there's been some really good guy individuals he's had, but as a unit when you look at, Guys like Bo Hanna and Josh Paschal and Phil Hoskins and Adrian Middleton, um, a lot of those guys have some experience up there, and um, all of them proved to be good players last year and guys that they're going to rely on. So, um, and, and then you've got Marquand McCall coming in, um, who was their number one guy in in the 2018 class. So I think they feel really good about the D line. Yeah, and it's crazy how things flip kind of quickly. Yeah, last year it was the, at SEC Media Days, we were all talking about their D-line and kind of the whole Matt Elam storyline took off. And, yeah, it was it was a mess last year. I mean, the criticism was deserved, I think, but they've fixed the problem rather quickly. A um, couple other things I saw that were interesting were Courtney Love and Maxwell Smith are both hanging around. I think and John Matt, Toth as well. Yeah, there. I think John Toth was just hanging around. I mean, just a lot of a lot of old dudes. Cash, <laughs> I, I, I jokingly said, I wonder if they're going to try to like sneak Courtney Love. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Didn't um uh, was it Mississippi State or one of those maybe Florida find out that you can or maybe it was Bama? No, it was Bama. You can use former players in practice because Bama uh-huh. did it last year. 
I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know if Courtney Love wants to do that. He's trying to make an NFL he's team. Training. Yeah, so, but in theory, I guess he could have suited up and been in there. You but anyway. ask Mark about that. I bet he would love that question. Yeah, he'd probably hate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but according to Cash Daniel, uh, Courtney Love's back, and you know he's still training for the NFL and is going to pursue that dream, but he was shadowing Matt House right now because eventually he thinks he might want to get into coaching. So there you go. Um, speaking of Cash Daniel, he's awesome to talk to. <laughs> he's hilarious. Uh, he was talking about you know getting in better shape, and I think I don't have the exact quote. I didn't type it out, but it was something along the lines of this. He goes, "I stopped doing some things on the weekend, and I lost eight or ten pounds." <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> I think we all know. Listen, sounds like he was having a good time. Yeah, but now no longer he's is. now he's focusing, and he's, he's yeah. And he also talked some fishing, and he called out Landon Young for being a bad fisherman, which is always entertaining to me. Yes. Yeah, he had like 15 fish compared to Landon's five. They they were shooting uh, some segment, I guess, with SEC Network. Yeah. It's the way I understand it. So look out for that on the SEC Network probably. That. We should have gone fishing with them. Do you want to go fishing with me, Joe? Have you ever been fishing? <laughs> yeah, of course I've been fishing. When was the last time you've been fishing? Uh, I mean, I, I went quite often when I was a kid. Okay, but when was the last time lot, you went fishing? A lot of lakes in Oklahoma. Um, Probably... Two years. I haven't of, gone fishing since I've lived in Lexington. What kind of fish you fish for? There's no lakes around here. There's pond. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what Cash Daniel said today. He said there's no lakes. You got to go to ponds. What kind of fish do you do you go for? Bass, cat, little bass, little cat. Yeah. Crappie. Do you ever heard? Uh, you know the expression, more than one ways to skin a cat, and that's about sp- skinning. We're all about the expressions today. About skinning a catfish, but I was listening to a podcast with Dwayne Casey, and this is a connection to Kentucky because everybody knows Dwayne Casey, you know, went to Kentucky and coached here. He said he stopped using the expression, there's more than one way to skin a cat because people didn't really, I don't know if this was like a Toronto thing or like maybe just new generation of people. They didn't realize that he was talking about catfish and people were getting mad at him for talking about skinning cats as in felines. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably more than one way to skin one of those, too. Why would you ever skin a cat, Joe? Well, I guess if you're a taxidermist, though, because some people get their pets stuffed after they die. That's pretty morbid. All right, you ready for reckless speculation? Um, I'm going to do I'm it. ready for measured uh, predictions. I'm just, since we're, like, ending spring ball and the spring game's coming up, I'm ready to make some football predictions based off of seeing one practice and talking to coaches and then not telling us a ton of stuff. Who scores the most? This is an easy one. Who scores the most touchdowns for Kentucky next year? Benny Snell. I agree. Who's the starting quarterback day one? I'll go first since we'll rotate. I'll go Terry Wilson. If you don't want to. I'm going to go. uh, Yeah, I think Terry is the likely option, but right now that is – that is nothing I know. That is just speculation. Yeah. Most catches? I'm going to go with, ooh, I want to go with a tight end. But they just always never That's say, not going to happen. You really? I don't I'm going to so. do it anyway. C.J. Conrad has the most catches. I'm going to go Lynn Bowden. I think ooh, that's a good one. Taven Richardson might make more sense, but I think Bowden will make a big step. Okay, yeah, you're probably, you're probably going to win on Bowden. Um, most receiving yards? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Isaiah Epps. 
think he's going to be the deep threat, and he's going to pick up some yardage. I'm going to go with Bowden again on this. Okay, most touchdowns receiving. C.J. Conrad. I'm going to go Taven Richardson. I think he is very, very good. Most tackles. I think with the injury to Jordan Jones, this is going to change my pick because it's going to be tough coming back, trying to work right back in. So I'm just going to go with the steady Mike Edwards, the Kentucky Honey Badger. It's a good pick. Most sacks, I think, is in theory should be pretty easy, but I think the fact that Josh Allen will be focused on kind of could slow him down a little bit and Ware might be able to take advantage, but I'm going to still go with Josh Allen. I'm going to go with Josh Allen as well. Can I note that that uh, there was no preparation involved in these answers, so we yeah. shouldn't be held to them. No, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold myself to these. <laughs> no, I mean um, that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm what other stats it. am I missing here? Um, what are the, interceptions? I'm gonna go with Edwards as well. Lonnie Johnson. Ooh, I like that. That's a good pick by you, Joe. But I'm gonna go with Mike Edwards. And then. Um, I think that's, is there any other major statistical categories that I'm forgetting? Tackles, sacks, interceptions, rushing yards, Benny Snell. I mean, that's, I don't think, typical of anything special. That yeah, I think, I think that's it. It's a good list. I feel good about that. I yeah, think you made good picks too. That's an interesting, yeah, it'll be fun. And we can check in, I can check in on that list. We'll have to wait several months. I'm going to be thinking about that all the time now. And you're on the record. I'm it's, on the record. It's, it's written. It's not written. It's, it's not written. It's, it's said. The spoken word. The spoken word. Hey, that's something of our time. I'm Curtis Birch. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Be sure to be following at Joe Masato, who just fell in his chair. <laughs> his chair just went down. like It like sunk. Did it's you scary. do that on purpose? No, it's really frightened me. <laughs> Joe's on Twitter at Joe underscore Masato. Two S's, two T's. Follow him for all kinds of football coverage and basketball coverage and Kentucky coverage. Overall baseball season fired up. Joe was at the Louisville Kentucky game. Kentucky won that one. Um, so he's got all kinds of coverage. Uh, sure to be following at Kyle Tucker underscore SEC for all your basketball needs. He'll be updating that dude named Kevin Knox and what his decision is. In the next couple days. One more time, you've been listening to Wildcat Country. We'll talk to you soon.